some heavy metal praise song crunching, some liberal Pentecostal hymns, and name that book from the Christian book catalog. All on this edition of Table Talk Radio. Stay tuned. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. You know, but if the busboy at that restaurant and you're there simply to clear tables and you notice that there's people that aren't coming in, it's not your job to start changing aspects of the restaurant because it's not your restaurant. So the question is, is whose church is it? I mean, if it's right. if it's our church, then we better get busy and start doing all these things because it's up to us to, quote, grow the church. But if it's right. the Lord's church, he's the one who gets to call the shots. Did you hear what it says? The church is not a monster with two heads. There's only one head, Jesus and Peter. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like, Wait a minute. That's Hold the- on. I can count. <laughs> Jesus, one. <laughs> Peter, two. Not sure why we're still doing this. This is Table Talk Radio. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not sure either. Fresh from Germany, Pastor Wolf Mueller. Hello, Vi Gates. Nein. I'll do the whole whole show in a German accent. Does that sound good? No, it doesn't. It sounds Uh, awful. Hello, Vi Gates. That sounds terrible. Don't do that. Uh, I've been telling telling people that you're a uh, bivocational pastor, part-time pastor, part-time tour guide. Part-time Table Talk Radio host. Don't forget about that. Yeah, that's a real time. Very suck. part-time. <laughs> Very it's part-time. Like, it's the best part of my it, part-time. It's though, that part-time, you know? you know, between waking up and brushing your teeth. That's, that's the part-time of Table Talk Radio. <laughs> You're kind of groggy still, took the sleep out of your eye. That's that's the sector that is devoted to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> When the jet lag's kicking in, let's do Table Talk Radio now. It's 3 in the morning in Germany. Perfect timing. Pretty much. All right. What was the highlight of the trip? What was the, the number one takeaway from your trip to Germany? Oh, man. The, no, no question. Going to church at St. Luke's Congregation in Leipzig on Sunday morning with Pastor Marcus Fisher there. And uh, our friend Alex Schneider, who's doing some Lutheran New Media stuff. Uh, over in Germany, was there and able to translate the service while we were hearing it and being with the people there. One third of the congregation are con- Islamic converts uh, from uh, Iran. Oh, that's neat. And so to be there with the folks and worship with them, that's no question the highlight. Then number two was being in Wittenberg uh, and looking at all the stuff. And we happened to be there on the festival of Martin and Katie Luther's wedding when all the Germans get their medieval on. You know, they, oh. they had all these booths and their. And it's kind of a Renaissance fair. The whole town turned into a Renaissance fair. Huh. That was really, that was really cool to see. So. Nice, good, good, good. It was, it was cool to go and see Prague. And I understand the Schmalkald League now. At least I, I, I know something about it that I didn't know before. So that's also good. And what is that? <laughs> well, I know what it is. The Schmalkald League. <laughs> I didn't used to. Never. Everyone's always talking about the Schmalkald League. Here, here. You want this was history it, lesson? Wasn't it a I'll softball it, team? Don't worry. I'm. I'll make it a uh, uh, I'll make it an exciting history lesson. I may I'll try to use softball analogies. <laughs> so remember, 1521, Luther gets called to the Diet of Worms. He doesn't recant, and he's then declared a criminal. And so are all the Lutherans in the Edict of Worms. Well, the Edict of Worms is in place until 1526, when there's this a Diet Aspire, the first Diet Aspire, 
And at that first Diet of Spire, they changed the rules and say, hey, the r- religion of the ruler is the religion of the land. Chris religio, eos, religium, something like that in Latin. And uh, that means it's legal to be a Lutheran. Well, in the second Diet of Spire, three years later, 1529, they rescinded that edict, put back into place the Edict of Worms, made it illegal to be a Lutheran. All the princes gathered there, protested, thus became becoming Protestants, and uh, and formed up quickly under the leadership of Philip of Hesse, some sort of landgrave, which I still don't know what a landgrave is. Anyway, they formed up the Smallcald League, which is a league of six rulers and their lands to protect the Lutheran Confession. That's 15, probably 1529-1530. Thus, the Smallcald League is formed. And those, I think, are the princes who went to the Augsburg Diet of Augsburg to present the doctrine of the Augsburg Confession in 1530. I didn't, I didn't have all that history down so what, like I do now. Wasn't it that... The reason that the um, that the Diet of Spire allowed for freedom of religion was really just an intermediate thing until a church council is called, and then they were going to just kind of deal with it after that. Well, probably, and also it didn't help that Charles V was not even there; he was off doing something, some emperor fighting thing, the church maybe fighting or something. Or, I don't know something, and he wasn't there, so whoever was in his place was a little less angry at the Lutherans than he was. <laughs> so. Interesting. We had we had lunch in the restaurant where the Diet of Spires were held, <laughs> which is awesome. And we were looking out the window, and it was on Pentecost Monday, which is a big deal. So there's a big cathedral across the way, and on that day, the the bishop uh, gives away free wine. So there's a, they put a fountain up in the middle of the square there, and it's just flowing with wine, and you can go and get free wine. Now you have to buy a cup for three bucks to get the free wine. But anyway, it's still free wine. All you can drink from. And so the <laughs> so you can so just drink it out of your hands and, for free. You could just pour it right yeah. here. And and he blessed the wine and everyone. It was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. Nice. Well, uh, on to uh, less important things, Table Talk Radio. Um, Pat, you've been working on the lineup for today. Why don't you give us a rundown of what our listeners can look forward to ignoring? Let's see. We got a, if we get this far, we got a suggestion for a praise song to crunch. I dare you to put the best construction on it. A suggestion for a new game that has to do with name that book from the description on the Christian book distributor catalog. And then preaching to Hollywood and farmer's market evangelism. That's what, I don't think we're going to get to it all. We're going to start. All right. We're going to get to it. Uh, do you want to do a buzzword first? Yep, my buzzword for you. You don't. I bet you you don't even know this buzzword. Ready? Yes. Impanation. Impanation. That's what I think it's called. Impanation. Latin, impanatio. Uh, in penance. You know that one? No. Have you heard it? Mm-mm. It means embodied in bread. According to Wikipedia, it's a high medieval theory of the real presence of the body of Jesus Christ and the consecrated bread of the Eucharist that does not imply a change in the substance of either the bread or the body. This doctrine, apparently patterned after Christ's incarnation, God has made flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, is the assertion that God is made bread in the Eucharist. Christ's divine attributes are shared by the Eucharistic bread via his body. This view is similar but not identical to the theory of consubstantiation associated with Lollardy. Lol, what's this guy's name? Lollardy. Lollardy. How do you say that name? It's considered heresy by the Roman Catholic Church and is rejected by classical Lutheranism. Rupert of Deutz and John of Paris were believed to have taught this doctrine. Maybe even John Huss, or also known as Jan 
Hoose. I found this word in Pan-Nation when we were in Prague and trying to figure out what was going on with John Hoose. All right. Um, my theological buzz phrase for you is hypostatic union. This is the two natures of Christ, that uh, God, that, that Jesus is 100% God and also 100% man, not this kind of 50-50 mixture or a, uh, a part of, of uh, God's powers or anything like this, but he is uh, in his essence God and yet also man, 100%, 100%. Hypostatic union is your theological buzz phrase. Yes. All right. So Got let's it. let's take a jump into this uh, fascinating song that you found for some praise song crunch. You ready to hear this? Uh, yeah. Don't you want to read the email? Let's see. Oh. This is from. I thought you. Well, I thought you. I thought from. you heard this in Germany that you wanted to play it. I didn't realize it was from. No, email. this song comes from an email from a listener. It says, "I'm not sure if rock fits the category of praise song, but you should crunch the song." Crown of Thorns by For Today. This is an email. It doesn't say who it is emailed from, but anyway, there you go. All right, so here it is. Oh, yeah. I can I can see that song at a congregation, can't you? <laughs> we just were singing that yesterday. That's, that, that's the uh, that's the part where you start turning the service from a high energy to emotional uh, <laughs> feeling. Why don't we use that for the bumps? <laughs> I think we will. We'll bump out with this. All right. So uh, I, I how do. Does have, anybody I, listen to that? Did you? Did you <laughs> it's, it's just watch out. You're being offensive to some of our listeners. I'm just. I'm just saying. It's like a crown of thorns for your ears. That song. <laughs> uh, well, I I know that you heard all the words right there, but I'll read a few of them too. Just you know, <laughs> they were so clearly articulated. Please, please excuse the redundancy. How does it? How do you get a career doing singing like that? You're surely your voice can't last, but for like two months. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. Uh, we crown him with the crown of thorns. This is the end of a life that's been poured out for all mankind. In suffering, manifest glory has come to the fullness of time. King of kings, beaten and broken down. Why would he live like a servant? King of kings, descending lower now. Why should he die like a slave? Wow, it's not bad lyrics. Yeah, like I said, you could probably hear. I mean, I'm just kind of restating what you already heard, but I uh, just thought I'd read that again. <laughs> this has to do with, you know, that when people say, hey, the music doesn't matter, it's just the lyrics, then we just like to submit <laughs> uh, into evidence one, this song. Play another five seconds. It's just about the words. For our opening funeral hymn. <laughs> We'll sing Crown of Thorns. I was hoping you would sing this as a solo at my funeral. <laughs> didn't we have at your ordination the solo? If you like it, then you better put a ring on it. Was didn't I remember you singing that from the pulpit. The proud Look at the lyrics continue. The proud will be humbled. The meek will inherit the earth. That sounds like the Bible. The last will be first to inherit the earth. I know down is the way up, so master, show me how to serve. The last will be first to inherit the earth. That's 
I wonder if this one's going to pass the crunch or be suggested for congregational use. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. What? What is? I thought we were bumping out with the crowd of thorns. Mm, listen to you this. Could mix though. with this. Listen to this. Let's get me jazzed. Uh, Earplugs. It does. Not does included. It? You're on Table Talk Radio. <laughs> we're going to Germany in September. Send me an email if you want more information. Bewolfmuther at gmail.com. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, where we crunch all of your heavy metal songs, apparently. And uh, we got Crown of Thorns by Ford today. And uh, Pastor Wolfram, let's start the crunch. Yeah, so uh, we got five questions for the crunch. One, as Jesus mentioned, two is a mystical in form, three mystical in content, four law and gospel, five uh, miscellaneous comments. So uh, I'm going to read some more of these lyrics. Uh, it should have been me with the nails through my hand and feet. Should have been me! Yeah! <laughs> that was good. Man. Facing the wrath of God, it should have been me left to pay for my sin forsaken. But in the blood, I stand here. I stand here! Oh, man. Born to die, he, he bore the fire of God's holy wrath on his shoulders. Born to die, I watched him pour out his life as a ransom for all. <laughs> It's pretty good, actually. And he carried his cross on his back, beaten and bloody. I saw myself there, too, because I've been broken by a world that hates me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not (laughs) alone anymore. No one could take his life. He laid it down for me. That twisted wreath of thorns, he took that crown for me. Then after three days, out of the ground for me, he overcame it all. Now I live to serve him. With stripes on his backs... Wait, with stripes on his back, betrayed by the ones that he'd loved so perfectly, we spit in his face and we crowned him. We crowned him with a crown of thorns. Thorns! Okay. Yeah, this is good. I wonder how that that band got the name For Today. Well, what do you want to be? For tomorrow? For next week? Live in the present. For the late 80s? Live in the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Anyhow, the answer to the, your question, as Jesus mentioned, is yes, Jesus is mentioned. All right, moving on. To Quite ne- distinctively. Moving on to the next question, mystical form. Uh, no, it does not repeat itself. <laughs> Let me see if it has questions. Um, King of kings descending lower now. Why should he die like a slave? That's a sentence. The proud will be humbled. The meek will inherit the earth. That's a sentence. It should have been me with nails through my hand and feet facing the wrath of God. It should have been me left to pay for my sin forsaken. But in the blood I stand here. Wow. Sentence. Sentences. Not a mystical form. Okay. Um, What about mystical content? No. The one time it gets slightly subjective is this business of being broken. Um, he And as he carried his cross on his back, beaten and bloody, I saw myself there, too, because I've been broken by a world that hates me, but I'm not alone anymore. That's It's kind of, you know, it's, hey, there's Jesus dying. I also have been crucified by the world or something, but that's just kind of silly. But uh, other than that, it, it's really um, dealing objectively with the humiliation of Jesus. What about uh, law and gospel? That's the one I want to uh, know about. 
Um, okay, so look here. Mostly, the law it talks about sin. It talks about God's wrath. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, let's see. Facing the wrath of God, it should have been me left to pay for my sin, forsaken. See. Yeah. Born, born to die, he, he look, bore the fire of God's holy wrath on his shoulders. Born to die, I watched yes. him pour out all his life as a ransom for all. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean. It's, except for this bit business that we mentioned earlier about how Jesus was kind of crucified and now we're beat up by the world. Um, he took that crown. No one could take his life. He laid it down for me. That's biblical. He, the twisted wreath of thorns, he took the crown for me, out of the ground for me, overcame it all. We crown him with the crown of thorns. I mean, this is, it's, you know, this is the, almost the opposite of the song, crown him with many crowns. Say, look at here, because of my sin, we are the ones that crown him with thorns. Thorns! You have to do it like that. And so it's this, huh? You have to say it like that? Well, I mean, I'm just, that, that's nothing like the this. <laughs> See, that's more like it. That. <laughs> For me. <laughs> Let me read this last line here. I know the house of will. So master show me Did you get that? Yeah, that was great. We need to get like the Irish the Celtic Irish ladies to sing this song <laughs> with a nice tune. You know? We crown him with a crown of thorns. All right. Table Talk this Radio listener. This is the end of a life that's been poured out for This is the job for you. Look up the lyrics for uh, Crown of Thorns by Four Today and find another tune that can be used for. And then submit it to questions at tabletalkradio.org. That'd be good. This is really, I mean, yeah, so so far, how, how are we doing? It did good on Jesus. It did good on uh, not mystical form. It does good on not mystical content. It does good on law and gospel. The substitutionary atonement, it comes through this song thing more clearly than at least the words of it mm-hmm. than anything else. I wonder if because so like if heavy thrash metal or whatever this is, what's this called? This form of sound well called? I don't know. It's interesting because our emailer um, who decided to remain nameless um, has said, not sure if rock fits into the category. So, Yeah, this is a pretty <laughs> narrow little slice of what might be called rock. I've always referred thrash. to it as heavy metal, but I'm not sure if that's even true. Heavy metal? We, I think I used to call this thrash. I, uh, uh, it could be because it's so, it's like it's kind of dark and it talks about gruesome things that, that in, in fact, is kind of free to talk about the crucifixion of Jesus. In, and it doesn't have to hide it. It can talk about the blood. I mean, I'm looking at the like the cover photo of the video here, and it's this bloody hand holding a key. And it's like it's kind of gruesome. Like the, I, I just wonder but, if it kind of frees the artist. But this is what I want to know. I mean, so you know, here we are, people who are used to listening to Cat Stevens try to listen to this, and we're like, I don't even know what the guy's screaming about. But do, do those who are really into the music, do they listen to a song like, oh, man, I am picking up every word. I am just dripping off of the lyrics of this song. Or is, I mean, <laughs> if you're if you're in this, if, if this is your style of music, are you like, I can totally nail like, everything the guy's saying? 
I think it would be nice to do a Cat Stevens version of it. I <laughs> got stuck on that. Uh, I mean... Are you picking that up? Let me try to sing this word to the uh, to the tune of "Morning Has Broken." Uh, okay, go. go ahead. We crown him with a crown uh, of thorn. Is that "Morning's Broken" or is that yeah, Farajaka? I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> all the right. Point of this, I think the lyrics are fantastic. Actually. I mean, I really do. I really kind of like him. All right, so is this crunched? I watch him pour out his life as a ransom for all. The pr- the problem is pure now, pure music. Mm-hmm. I don't. So I don't know. I and I, I don't know if there's if that music. I just don't. I can't understand how the form of music could be anything. I don't know. Inducing I could, of godliness. I could see. Well, I'm I'm just picturing Sunday morning in Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, <laughs> the opening hymn. Is Crown of Thorns by for today. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> how's how's your order? What are we supposed to do with it now? We can't I mean maybe we need a sixth question for the cruncher and is it thrash metal? <laughs> or rap? Is it possible I've for this a about rap? Musician you know my favorite guy, Lecrae. Got to do some push-ups. Got to get a six-pack from a honeymoon. Remember my guy, Lecrae, who I like to listen to. You know that song? Uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, there's something about also rap, which is a sort of a. You see, it's these um, these styles of music that are kind of outliers. They're like uh, minority demographic styles of music that are that are able to kind of be uh, sh- capture some of the shock of the uh of the truth of the gospel it yeah. doesn't have to water it down I, I, maybe i don't know so but all the rap I, christian I think... rappers are always talking about spiritual warfare you never hear decent christian songs about spiritual warfare except for a mighty fortress and all the rap you know i i think you made a good point earlier though when when we have um when referring to to worship when we have said that, look, it, the the form of the music doesn't matter whatsoever. We're, the only thing that matters is the words. And so, you know, we have start making it about our musical preferences. So, you know, I really like country music, so we're going to have country. We're going to have cowboy church and, and sing country songs for, for worship songs and all this kind of a thing. And as long as the words are good. Well, I think the point of the praise song cruncher has demonstrated that the words aren't good. That's the first thing. But the second thing is that... Um, when this becomes a matter of preference, uh, and again, I'm referring to questions of worship here, then now it becomes everyone's preference. So we got to have thrash metal worship songs. We got to have, you know, the rap uh, worship songs. Um, and and I think something that um, that we have given to us throughout the ages of the church are are the songs that don't necessarily hit anyone's musical preferences. Um, so I mean, we'll be singing these songs from like the fifth century, and it isn't because this is what was in you know like like we just we my musical preference are fifth century hymns. It's that this is what's been handed to us that has confessed the faith that these these uh, songwriters hymn writers are confessing the faith in the midst of their own turmoil and death and everything else that they uh, live out and, and find their comfort in the gospel and put those to song. So. It completely removes the aspect of musical preference whatsoever. Yes, I think that's right. And uh, and, th- and there is, a, when it comes to music then, there is a sense of 
that the thing ought to be beautiful. Um, and I do not think that there's a way to get beauty and this song into the same room. Well, that's a know. subjective statement. All right, we'll be right back. Maybe it's subjective! That doesn't fit with this bump at all. At all! For those times when you just want to be alone, this is Staple Talk Radio. <laughs> that's truer than ever. I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you can find at worldvieweverlasting.com. <laughs> Let's get this over with. That's how you get us going. It gets me in the proper mood for another segment. Yeah, well... Get it over with. When you, uh, you know, people send us all their favorite songs, like our next email. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want me to read this one? Dear Reverence oh, Gagline and Wolfmuller, this email is called, I Dare You to Put the Best Construction on It. <laughs> the purpose of this missive is to get your takes on hymn selection on Pentecost Sunday. I sing in the church choir, and oftentimes we give new distribution hymns a go prior to the service. So at least a few people are familiar with them. The hymn of particular interest was Spirit, Spirit of Gentleness. With one voice, number 684, for those of you keeping track at home, with one voice, the ELCA addition to Lutheran worship. Lyrics, refrain, spirit, spirit of gentleness. I think that's how the song goes. calling it. Yeah, I don't think that that's how the song works. No. I don't know. I didn't exactly hear the professional version of it so <laughs> well it wasn't that even the unprofessional version wasn't that uh it's spirit spirit of gentleness blow through the wilderness calling and free spirit spirit of restlessness stir restlessness me. look at that spirit of restlessness Whew. stir me from placidness it's not often that you see placidness you know placid as an adjective used in a, a song here but <laughs> You moved me on the waters, you called to the deep, then you coaxed up the mountains from the valley of sleep. And over the, the eons you called to each thing, that. awake from your slumbers and rise on your wings. Do we have uh, do we what? have something in the scripture that talks about the spirit in slumber that needed to be awoken? Spirit of slumber. You swept through the desert... You slung with, the, uh, sorry. Uh, you uh, stung with the sand. You, What's that mean? I don't know. I misread it because stung. it didn't. Oh, make... you know what? It's the wind. It's a wind picture. So picture the spirit like the oh, wind. And this is like the the Ouch. spirit causes a sandstorm. Ah, yeah. Okay. You uh, goaded your people with a law and a land, and when the? they were blinded with their idols and lies. Then you spoke through your prophets to open their eyes. Finally, a true sentence. You sang in a stable. You cried from a hill. Then you whispered in silence when the whole world was still. And down in the city, you called once again. Then you blew through your people on the rush of the wind. And finally, this is the last thing. Uh, You call from tomorrow. You break ancient schemes. From the bondage of sorrow, the captive dream dreams. Our our women see visions, our men 
clear their eyes with bold new decisions your people arise go oh boy <laughs> oh boy all right so if uh, you like me I'll put continues. the best construction on it if you like me to better put the best <laughs> after one time through the ditty i about blew a gasket the email continued i can't understand why <laughs> In fact, I was quite sure I was going to tell uh, to get the boot from the choir after a brief harangue slash tirade. In fact, there was a call to simmer down in the tenor, tenor section. I like the narrative of this. Stanza one is someone between Gnosticism and mysticism with the spirit coaxing up a mountain. I've known uh, I have no idea what's being quoted in the last line. I never thought of God as goading the Israelites in the Old Testament. Maybe I don't know what the word goad means. <laughs> Am I reading too much in the sentence with bold new decisions? Your people arise. A brief search shows us that James uh, Manley wrote this hymn while pastor of Congregational United Church of Christ in San Marino, California in 1978. 1978 was a good year for orthodoxy in the Congregational United Church of Christ in California, I'm sure. Hmm. <laughs> Contrast that with the opening hymn, O Spirit, Enter In. For those of you keeping track at home, what a difference. Am I off my rocker for an unfavorable reception of the hymn? If not, is there a best construction to put on it? Thanks for your show and for your input. Frederick. I'm a lifelong member, at least so far, of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Okay. Well, there, um, there are Lutheran hmm. Church Missouri Synods, and then there's Lutheran Church Missouri Synods. Just saying. Yeah, this... Well, this... So, so okay, let's first. If you say like, better put is, the best construction on it. Okay, okay. This hymn is. This hymn could be better. <laughs> How's that for best construction? I'm sorry. Were we playing Captain Captain Obvious? <clears throat> um. Okay, I. Uh, so first of all, part of the problem with this hymn is I've got no idea what it's talking about. But then the second problem is that I also at the same time have the sense that I don't necessarily want to know what it's talking about. <laughs> In other words, Ignorance I'm afraid bliss. that if the vagueness of the hymn was cleared up that it would be worse. You know? You know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like when it's like when you do a theological interview with a first year seminarian, and like they're so imprecise that you can't quite tell that they're an Aryan heretic, <laughs> and so you sort of rejoice in the imprecision. That's just that's how I think about this hymn right now. If we're playing the game, put the best construction on it. Now here here's a here's a point uh, that I'd like to make and that is that the whole general tenor of liberal protestantism um sees in the holy spirit the basically the progressive member of the trinity and the holy spirit's work is to teach new things this is this is basically if you were to ask a liberal what the work of the holy spirit is the Holy Spirit is to reveal new things. So you had the old truth that we learn in the dead letter, but now that you have the Spirit, which teaches new truth. It, I mean, it also just so happens that the new truth that the Holy Spirit teaches happens to contradict the, the old truth that the Holy Spirit taught. But never mind that, because the Holy Spirit continues to reveal in progressive manner God's truth through culture or whatever. And so it's just th this song has that real sense to it, especially this last this last stanza, which says, "You call from tomorrow, you break ancient schemes, from the bondage of sorrow, the captives dream dreams." 
So it's like, uh, you, you know, the, the, of old, the people were in bondage to whatever. I mean, ancient schemes. They were in bondage to ancient schemes. But now the Holy Spirit is doing a new work, and so he's s- setting us free. And normally what that setting free looks like is, you know, ab- abandoning in one way or another the law. So this is trying to make reference to um, Peter's Pentecost sermon from Joel 2, where, you know, your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even my bond slaves, both men and women, I will uh, in those days pour forth my spirit and they shall prophesy. But you're suggesting that what Joel was prophesying about there was not the progressive spirit? <laughs> well, yeah, in fact... In fact, that Joel 2 text from Acts 2 is against that. So Joel says, a little bit later, he says, the former rain and the latter rain will come at once. (laughs) So uh, the former rain and the latter rain was a thing in Israel. You'd get kind of rain at the beginning of the season, and you'd get rain at the end of the growing season. And Joel says it's all going to come at once at the beginning. So it's like a double pouring out of the flood. And, And then Joel uses that to describe the pouring out of the Holy Spirit at the beginning of the time of the church. So so Joel is teaching us that there's going to be a double portion of the Holy Spirit poured out at the beginning of the last days and that and that the latter rain the kind of extra holy spirit that we would expect to come at the end won't come that's that it's all coming it all came at the beginning to establish the scriptures in the church and put it there and now we trust in that mm-hmm. so the whole text in Joel 2 is against that idea of progressive revelation or of the truth of God growing as we get closer to the end of time did that make any sense, what I just said? I think so. Okay. I wasn't really listening. Slightly jet-lagged myself. Just All right. Um, so, I mean, so here's the, this is why we play the game that we used to play. Uh, if you like it better, put the best construction on Because we would try to say the best construction, and then, did we do the worst construction? And then the most likely construction. And so there's a point where... Um, you enter some level of delusion <laughs> and, in uh, making a construction that's just so generous it's unrealistic. And so um, it's hard to get there on this song, though. I'm telling you what. Um, I mean, it's hard to get so, to. You know, remember how we have this? Sometimes the option is that the best construction is either the person is an absolute moron or either they're demon possessed. And you're like, well, what's the best construction? <laughs> Neither option seems to be the best. I mean, really, if someone's demon possessed, that's a pretty good construction because it's not out of their their uh, uh, their own what? Um, It's not it's not necessarily the depravity of their own heart, just the influence of the demon. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's the best. I mean, when that become when the best construction is that you're possessed by a demon, that's not maybe that's not so good. But oh well. So it seems sometimes. All right. So, um, do you want to try and put a construction on this before we go to our break? In Which one? The most, most likely construction. Whatever one you want. I think the most likely construction here is that this is just um, um, this is just a church growth uh, liberal trying to be able to talk about the spirit without any specifics to allow room for all the social progressivism to come in there under the name of the Holy Spirit. That's going to be my most likely construction on this thing. So what you have in this song is everything talking about the Spirit apart from anything having to do with the Word, which is what the Scriptures say of the Spirit, that uh, that the Spirit will glorify Jesus, you know? So so that there in the, the Word of God where the 
where the word of God is preached, you know, where, where people uh, uh, proclaim Jesus and him crucified for the forgiveness of sins. That's what the Spirit is doing to uh, convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. But nothing of that in this song. It's about the sand hurting when the wind blows or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to take a break. And then when we get back from this break, we're going to do something else like play a new game. Uh, oh, yeah. Something. So that's, that's what we're going to do. We'll do that. Let's do that. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. This song is terrible. Table Talk Radio, By where the, the voice crying in the wilderness is the listener. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. By far our best bump song on Table Talk Radio. Welcome back. And, um, you know, one of the things that using... our listeners like to do is I'm going to just avoid that question you're about to ask. Uh, like to email in new games to questions at tabletalkradio.org. And we like playing new games. Um, in fact, we like them more than the old games. Um, so Yes, that's right. Because the, <laughs> the old games, we know how bad they are. The new games, we don't yet. Yeah, we're going to discover how bad they are. So, in that vein, yeah, right. another email? Hmm. Uh, yeah, here it is. It goes like this. Hey, guys, love your show. Just wish you weren't so lazy. Then maybe you could do the show more than once a week. Anyhow. Yeah, right. Damn, James, take it easy. <laughs> once a week, man. We're plugging our noses just to... <laughs> anyway. It's not a matter of laziness. It's more of a matter of self-respect. Or endurance. Anyway, I just got my copy of the Christian Bookstore magazine. Inspired by your show, I started to read the descriptions of the book to see if I could find the law and gospel. Some of them are pretty bad, like awakening, honesty and action can produce eureka moments that lead us to destiny-altering transformations. Oh, Good my goodness. I'm, I'm sorry. Did no idea if the book is a, any good or not. Was this a Christian Bookstore magazine? Apparently. Christian slash witchcraft. Uh, No idea if the book is any good, but the description scares me. Anyway, maybe you could read the description and try to guess the author or the book name or the color of the book or something. Just remember that in the Republic of, quote, just remember, in the Republic of Mediocrity, genius is dangerous. That's in quote, Robert Ingersoll. We'll keep that in mind. All right. That's why we tone it down. We We shoot for the bullseye of mediocrity. No higher. Thank you, James, for listening. We don't want to Texas. guess the price. Oh, it's from. I should have read it in the te- in my Texas accent. Too late. All right. Um, so we're gonna play. So this. the way You're- this game will go is, I've got some of the top forty books from CBD, and I'm gonna read the product description, and then you can, what am I- you can guess the name of the book. <laughs> <laughs> or the color and the look for the law and gospel. Okay, you're the, the, you're going to get a million points if you guess the name of any of these books. <laughs> okay, uh, man, this is great. Um, I want okay. I'm just reading all these books. Okay, here's one. Ready? Ready. Uh, many product description. Many of us have giants in our lives, hang-ups and habits fears and insecurities that keep us from reaching our full potential. 
frozen, we lose sight of the promise of God. Wait, we lose sight of the promise God has for our lives and settle for less than the best. But there's a better way forward. In this book, this author offers powerful insights from the biblical story of David that will help you overcome your giants once and for all by fixing your eyes on the size of your God, not the size of your giant. Okay. I think Paperback. I, I, I happen to have seen this in the bookstore the other day, so I know exactly what the title is. Really? Yeah. Uh, so this is the book called uh, The Bible Has Nothing to Do About Jesus, It's All About You. Is that right? <laughs> I think that's Close. what the title was. It was something like Close. that. Close. <laughs> uh, okay, let me try again. Uh, the uh, uh, the uh, becoming the successful you God wants you to be. Did I nail it? Close. <sighs> no, it's not it. This is called Goliath Must Fall <sighs> by Louis Giglio. <sighs> Winning the battle against your giants, Louis Giglio. Thomas Nelson. Huh. Man, look at all these reviews. Uh, you got a law gospel on this one? Uh, this is terrible because um, normally how we would want to understand law and gospel is that the law is what God says that we should do or not do. Um, and the purpose of the law is to show us how we fall short of what God expects of us and that we cannot... Um, by your own righteousness, stand before a holy and righteous God. And so that then delivers to us the necessity of the gospel, that Jesus Christ lived the uh, perfection, the life under the law that we could not. Now, what uh, Giglio does here in this uh, book about Goliath is he gives you things to do, which is law. But instead of this law showing you that you fall short of God's holy commands— and demands and and justly deserve then his punishment if not otherwise for the cross of Christ. Giglio provides things for you to do so that you can become better, that you can overcome, that you can reach a certain status in in the eyes of God or at least a a status here in this life. So it's a complete abuse of the law to use it in a way other than what it was given for. And so what the result of that is it completely robs you of the gospel. So you don't need Jesus. Um, David had nothing to do with the Messiah who is to come. <laughs> I mean, it's just you know teaching you patterns of courage and strength and all this jargon. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. You want another one? I do want another one. You don't get any points, by the way, because you didn't get the. I starting to see how this works. Product description: After spending years as a medium, witch, and ghost hunter, Christine McGill. <laughs> McQuire emerged from behind enemy lines to reclaim her identity in Christ. She brings unique insight, revealing Satan's seven favorite battlefields, as well as the most effective tactics he employs in the battles we face every day. In this essential guide to, to the spiritual war zone, you will learn 30 battle-tested strategies for victory from a spiritual warrior who has been there. Christine's simple but powerful insights will empower you to engage your enemy without fear and in the power of Jesus to win paperback all right do i get it do i get a few shots at these book titles this isn't necessarily sure easy. okay my first try is confessions from a former witch or confessions from a former medium nope okay um, hey did that reminds me of my favorite joke what do you call a clairvoyant little person who escaped from prison what 
A small medium at large. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. All right. Um, my you. my second guess here is... That's the first time you've ever admitted that one of my jokes is good. <laughs> I know. That one was pretty good. I've been doing this for like eight years. Somebody mark this day. <laughs> my first word of affirmation now, did from you, you. Did you come up that's with that? That's almost brought me to tears. Was that a, a joke written by Brian Wolfmuller? Well, no. Or it might have been grader. on a popsicle stick. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway. My second guess is... Um, uh, spiritual warfare in your hands. <laughs> Close. <laughs> All right, give it. What is it? Spiritual warfare is in the title. Okay. An insider's guide to spiritual warfare. Ah, oh, okay. Now, see, this is okay. got a picture I, of all these ducks on the front cover. I wonder what that's going on. So this is a thing. So, um, uh, in in American Christianity, oftentimes we have completely erased or neglected the reality of of spiritual i guess warfare or or the demonic and things like this so it's just not spoken of altogether and so um oftentimes christians will notice this and want to uh bring it to the forefront by say writing a book or something like that that's good um but what happens then is that um because we're in this spiritual warfare a um uh, a, a war plan must be developed by the christian and so now you need the war strategies. And if you follow the war strategies, then you can overcome your spiritual enemies. And so you, uh, well, I mean, what, what better authority to speak on this than a former witch? I mean, it's like, it's like getting, uh, capturing a POW and, and getting all the enemy's secrets, right? I mean, this, this is what a great idea. It just so happens there is a better authority <laughs> than a former witch to learn about spiritual warfare, and that would be the the one who sits, uh, who has put all enemies under his feet, <laughs> that authority, Jesus Christ, who is the one who has defeated the enemy in your place. He's the one who's de- de- defeated the enemy for you. And um, I've always used this analogy. I think I've even used it here on the air. I think it's helpful. So, um, you know, we, we have the truth of the of the Gospels written, given to us, that the defeat of the devil is found in the crucifixion of Jesus. So that what happens at the cross when Jesus gives up his life is that he uh, defeats the devil. Why? Because all of your sins are forgiven. So if your sins are forgiven, what on earth can the accuser accuse you of? There's nothing left. It, it, it means he's taken everything away. So um, I've I've kind of made the analogy that the that the devil coming to tempt you is like someone coming in with a gun that has no bullets. Now, if you know that the guy coming in with a gun doesn't have any bullets in his gun, you're not very afraid. But what the devil wants to do is to deceive you and make you think that this gun is is dangerous. He could shoot you at any time. And for those who don't know the gospel, those who don't know the don't have the comfort that Christ has defeated the devil in my place, they're still compelled by his lies. But by knowing the truth, by having the gospel, the devil doesn't have any uh, power over us so that we want to point to Christ. So again, this is a huge violation of the distinction between law and gospel that again, you're giving people law things to do to defeat the devil when it's already been done. Christ has done it for you. That's right. All right. I kind of got on a harangue I believe what you said. Did you get some emails? Uh, you get no points, by, by the way, because you got the, the name wrong. Well, we're, You got time for one more? No, we're out of time. So get, give me your thoughts on that last book title, and then we'll wrap up the show here. 
Uh, I mean, you're seconds. right about this. You, you know, we have the scriptures, and we don't need uh, we don't need experts. We have sola scripture, and that is enough. And in fact, when especially when it comes to fighting the devil, uh, God's word is the one and only weapon that prevails. All right, that's going to be it for us. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like all the gospel you'll get in Goliath Must Fall. Thanks <laughs> for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio Goliath is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back from Germany, from nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, sure, hallucinations, yeah. aversion to incomplete sentences <laughs> with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, Oh man, you didn't said exactly craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. So cool. More information, visit tabletalkradio.org. What's different?